0: What would you do if you could do anything? Welcome to The Purpose Effect. I'm Elena. Join me for weekly conversations on purpose with women who have found it and are impacting their worlds with it.
1: The future of work is for multi hyphens The future of work is for people who want to uh, have not only passion, purpose, but also paycheck. Also, you know, it's not just about climbing the corporate ladder anymore. It's about collaboration. It's about... Um, an evolving mindset and I think if anything the COVID has taught us to be more agile, resilient and adaptable.
0: Today's guests are the founders of Cult Creative, a digital platform and networking app for the Malaysian creative community. Like many great inventions, Cult Creative was born out of necessity. The COVID pandemic not only dried up a lot of creative work, It also made it almost impossible for creatives to network, upskill, or find opportunities for when businesses opened up again. Shermaine Wong, Lina Essa, and Manisha Jagan set to work building a community and an app that would allow creatives to showcase their portfolios, upskill, and find work, so that they could focus on what they were best at, creating. We talk about how they funded this creative startup, how to focus on the small wins and Cult Creative's regional ambitions. But to begin with, we talk about how Cult Creative began. Okay, so Cult Creative came about when
1: you know COVID happened, and you know the team at Tish we lost jobs immediately with um, at, in 2020. Like you said, um, basically all projects were cancelled, and you know I didn't want the team to be idle and, and be in this very negative state because. On, on, on top of the team, we are actually hiring a lot of freelancers in the event company, right? We're hiring like MCs, photographers, videographers. So they actually get it worse than the, uh, somebody who's in, within a company. So I decided to tell them, let's start this thing called Cult Creative. Um, it started off as just an Instagram page to unite, support, and connect uh, creative individuals and also shine light on uh, smaller creative businesses that needed support. And then we also started this thing called in session, where we actually talked to leaders on how they've been thriving and pivoting through the new norm. And uh, that was then I found uh, Manisha and and Dina. And I think what's important about Cloud Creative is that we've all had a wealth of uh, industry uh, experience within our different industries. Like I've worked uh, a lot with clients and also working with clients and also working with creative teams and hiring creative teams. So I understand the, the struggle of, you know, where to even find these guys. Until now, 10 years within the creative industry, people are still hiring through word Mouth. People people still use LinkedIn to find creative jobs and you still get an accountant to apply for account manager job in a creative agency. It doesn't make sense. So I think right now with uh, Manisha and Nina, they, with all our, our network and industry um, experience within the industry, it, ma- it makes total sense. And um, and because we also work very closely with the young gen of creatives that that understanding their pain point of like you know unable to network because of the pandemic they can't go for events anymore like how we used to and and that's how we make our next connection and find the next opportunity so that's why having a platform like Cloud Creative allows them to actually use their virtual self be their best virtual self and actually find uh, opportunities and hopefully a better job and, and career as well
0: so how did you all team up were you friends or colleagues
1: So Lina and I used to work together at uh, Blue Ink, actually ACP before Blue Ink. Uh, I used to work in Harper's Bazaar, Lina used to work in Women's Weekly, and then Clio. And then Manisha and I had always tried to work together when I was running the event agency, and Manisha runs uh, M-Talent. So we had always been um, in each other's uh, circuits. The Cult Creative was started by the Tish team. So when uh, it picked up, and I realized that I needed partners who were strong in all their different... uh, well, like, Lina was, um, was great with content and publishing and, and we needed to rile up the community. And Manisha had always been so strong in marketing and coming up with great ideas to, to get the team.
2: Yeah, actually, it's, it's a funny story, Charmaine.
1: Like, how, how we actually... So, okay, yeah, <laughs> Lena, I, I, when, I did, when I first started Cult Creative, it was purely like a content thing on Instagram and I started this thing on IGTV called In Session where I interviewed all these creative leaders from... Different uh, um, industries, uh, and one of them was Manisha. And I was talking to Manisha on one session, and then the next week I had Yuna, who totally bailed on me. <laughs> so I was like, oh, r- "Yuna is in the singer." Yeah, Yuna, the singer. Oh, she okay. bailed on me, but everybody was. Oh, so, uh, I had and I had all these people online, so I was just rambling about how I how I imagine Cult create to to be. You know, this professional networking app for creative people to get together, find work, uh, connect, support one another. And then Manisha was um, uh, finally listening to it, and then after that she dropped me in. She's like, "Hey, I've always wanted to do this. You know, let's get together and and do it." So that- yeah, I sent her a, a
2: deck of a talent booking platform that connects and uh, like for jobs as well that I pitched like six years ago, and I was like, "I would I would attempt to do this
1: again, like but not alone." So, so that's how Manisha came on first. And then like, we, we, we always knew that to get the community together, we had to get really strong content. And uh, Lena was like a no-brainer. Like, we, like, we had already been talking to Lena. I
3: guess it's a blend of friends and professional. What a great story.
0: So basically, you were three creative professionals and friends who saw an industry-wide problem in the middle of a global pandemic and decided, you know what? We're going to do something about this. <laughs> So, Manisha, in the absence of a platform like Cult Creative, what were you doing to grow your network, your personal professional network, and find opportunities?
2: I think for me personally, it's it's there's always um, value in in your network, in referrals. And so, I started my first business in 2015. Uh, I'm Talent Asia Talent Management um, uh, Agency. So, we also do PR, visual production. But before before that. What I did there, I started building my network. I think it was very important. It was not just just at the workplace, but after work. That's where my, my passion and interest for the creative industry also started. So on the side, like, I was uh, also a talent, like, doing poetry, doing uh, voiceovers. Um, I was in some beauty, a beauty pageant, you know, and and I always went for, for my friends, like, music performances. And I realized that, you know, you're, when you meet people, they all can be part of your network one way or another. And then when I started my business, most of my business came from from referrals and people who I knew as well. And you have to take care, of, like you know the famous saying: your net worth is your network. So, so I think that's 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 always been true. And and um, even professional networks like like LinkedIn has shown us value in that as well. But but who's doing that for creative?
0: Yeah. Well, you guys are, <laughs> is the answer. Yeah. When I first saw Cult Creative, it really made me sit up because. While we all build our own informal creative networks through friends and ex-colleagues like yourself, if you're a new graduate or you're new to the scene, this can take a while and, and it can take a while to access. And I think it's great that people can, as you guys say, spend less time on word of mouth and more time on creating. And there's also so much content on the platform, both on the website and on the app. How did you scale up your content creation so quickly? How many people do you have working on this?
3: I guess it started out as um, a test run, you know, because Main and the team at Tisch wanted to see, you know, how the creative industry was doing. They wanted to, like, sort of solve some pain points for freelancers. And then she approached me for the, you know, to be part of the content team, we we started building the team slowly, um, surely. We did start off um, on Instagram, but um, we also do have like our uh, digital content producer. Currently, we do we have grown from one uh, person on the team. Uh, in terms of scaling it, um, I think that's efforts for the team. Um, big, you know, shout out to them. Uh, but yeah, thank you for like for noticing that. Um, we also do a lot of content for uh, our EDM, and we experiences as well um, to upskill creatives and uh, because we noticed uh, people who are like displaced, the freelancers who were displaced during the pandemic and there's creative grads who are coming out of the pandemic, there's a skills gap, you know, they, we wanted to sort of close that gap, so we run digital experiences we we create post-event sorry, post-event content from there, so we kind of get content from everywhere, everything that we have, there's like zero waste content if we have a live stream we're going like, to transcribe that and put it out there. So and
0: repurpose it in 10 different ways.
3: That's right. I mean, that's, that's the digital way. You know, Nothing goes to waste.
0: So how many people are on the team now, the cult creative team?
3: Uh, for now, there's 12, which includes the three of us, um, some full-time hires as well as interns. Okay. And can I ask,
0: how is this fun- funded? Purely through memberships at this stage?
1: I can answer that. So we have uh, three different business models. Um, first of all, of course, we need to have the job platform for creatives. So we actually charge employers when they want to do any postings to hire creatives. Um, the second one is through our digital experiences. So as and when, if you want to hop onto a digital experiences, you just need to pay them by ringgit. And we also have our membership option. So with the membership option, it's monthly, uh, or quarterly, or annually. And uh, with the membership, you can actually attend all the events for free, and also access past uh, recordings. So any on-demand video content, you can access it from there. Uh, so far, we've uh, just been uh, be- before this, we were all we've been very lean, uh, very sustainable, um, just purely on the revenue. But uh, recently, we got uh, two angel investors to fund us. Um, so the first investor actually came in and uh, funded the the building of the beta app that's available, the proper iOS and Android uh, friendly app. And also we have another investor to come in and help with a bit of a cash flow. So just to help us get through our milestones and we're hoping to uh, raise again in 2022.
0: Wow, congratulations. And how many users do you have at this stage? Okay, since we're in beta
2: right now, Elena, um, we've got about nearly 300 users
0: wow what a ride
1: it's been so fast <laughs> i think uh what manisha Keep learning curve <laughs> very very steep every day every day is a new day like this business actually um really tests us love because we've all been creatives right and we're all very intuitive running a creative and tech company we need to be a lot more analytical we need to be a little bit more data driven so, right now, a lot of the things that we decide on are a lot um, decided through data. Um, I, I'll let Manisha explain more about the numbers. She's the numbers girl in, in this.
0: Yeah, so, Manisha, how has it been for, for you managing such a rapid scale up of this business?
2: I think it's been really exciting. Um, we're blessed to have each other. Honestly, like every day, we're like you know we in our little co founders chat. We're like I'm so grateful for each other. i Not not gonna lie, guys. Like you like you know I think gratitude is a purpose manifestation is is in our core. Like I think that's that's something that that binds us and keeps us aligned. And I think alignment is really important when we're going through such a pace even today we had like a, our team meeting and and we're also very lucky to have um, great um, team members like what Lina say as well like people that are part of the team are are you know have that kind of mindset and DNA and and adaptable and growing with us part of our success is is, is thanks to them I think the other the other thing is um, having that adaptability resilience mindset like whatever we we're preaching we are also practicing in cult creative like i'm proud to i think we're all very proud to say that like whatever we're preaching to creatives or like sharing this curated information, um, part of our digital experiences, we also definitely get on board. It wouldn't be possible without um, the leaders and um, people who are sharing sharing their knowledge. They're also on that on that same wavelength, you know. So I think that message that we're sending across is also part of our success. So we're 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 continuously sharing what we, we ourselves are applying, and mm-hmm. to be to be successful. Post pandemic, you know, and future proofing. Um, another thing I think is is being okay with failure. Like we've we've run some tests and some tests don't come out the way we we think it's going to come out, you know. <laughs> and and it's okay. Like I think like we just tweak it. And like, okay, let's try again in a different method and see where there's, go, where it goes. If it fails too often, we just scratch it. And then, but I think the other thing is as things are building and, and moving forward and more things are happening, then it's about prioritizing like which one is going to, to, to bring us to our goal. You know whether it's a short term fix, whether it's like um, you know something that's that's a big milestone. So I think in the end, that's what we're also deciding and 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 keeping aligned with each other.
3: I think it's also the the point of being very intentional. I think Shermaine was a big advocate for being intentional about uh, basically everything, setting intentions when we do meetings, and and I think that also comes through with the product that we're we're building. Um, it's very intentional in the sense that it's not just a social media where people are just churning out things yeah. um, there. Um, also, I guess, previous way where people would getting things with word of mouth is very discreet. It was very chaotic. And if you wanted to find someone, you'd have to like stalk them on Instagram. And there's no intention there because they're just, they're just posting things up, right? So there is, um, with Cult Creative, is that the creative is intentional in you know, branding themselves and building their profile, networking with the right kind of people, and uh, applying to jobs, upskilling themselves. And, yeah, so we try to, I guess we also sort of practice that. We do try to have an internal culture of upskilling. So whenever we, we have our own experiences where um, the community is learning, everyone tunes in and we're like, you better listen in and you know, learn something this, this week. You know? And then we set you know, self-learning hours for the team as well. Um, yeah, so that's sort of the culture that we're
0: trying to practice. So, Shermaine and Manisha, you both said that one of the reasons behind uh, starting Cult Creative was you wanted to address some of the problems with how the industry was working and how the creatives in the industry were um, finding work. So what were some of those issues that you saw in Malaysia?
1: (gasps) Um, Well, first things first is, of course, creatives were still looking for work through word of mouth. And of course, that's not sustainable because we've got this fresh uh, influx of fresh creative talent, right? That has no network because they don't go out. So that's out. And of course, uh, LinkedIn and other job platforms don't serve creatives because they don't have the portfolio function. And how creatives find work is always through a portfolio and your experience. And of course, we know that there are a lot of businesses out there actually are looking for creatives, but they just don't know. They don't know where to find them. They also lack the resources to also hire recruiters to hire to find creative uh, talent. So Pretty much, that's the, the three reasons why and the the top three challenges in the creative industry to find work.
2: Yeah, and I just add on one one more thing. We noticed that the skill gap is also growing wider, especially during the the pandemic, and that's how we are also um that's where our digital experience come into play. You know, uh, we have a networking event that we do every month called our Cult Mixer, but besides that, it's actually value adding. Digital, exp- their like panel discussions, their workshops, and that is to just close the gap a bit, the skills gap. Because um, employers also, I, I'm sure Shemin can touch more on this. Uh, she works really closely with a lot of the employers, and and they're looking for more multi hyphenates.
1: And the future of work is for multi hyphens. The future of work is for people who want to uh, have not only passion, purpose, but also paycheck. Also. You know, it's not just about climbing the corporate ladder anymore. It's about collaboration. It's about um, an evolving mindset. You know, it's always that growth mindset that you want to keep learning and really be adaptable and resilient. I think, if anything, the COVID has taught us to be more agile, resilient, and adaptable.
0: Okay. So if the future of work is for multi-hyphenates, which I completely agree with, by the way, how is Cult Creative encouraging or supporting this? What is Cult Creative's purpose?
1: Okay. So when Cult Creative's purpose is to create a market that recognizes and values creatives to produce high quality of professional service and also sustain meaningful income. I think how it relates to my purpose i think uh, somebody asked me this question before like it's called creative where you align with your career growth right so all these years i've been servicing clients and you know after covid um and realizing the pain points of creative individuals i feel like i'm at this phase where i don't want to serve clients anymore I'm i'm done just producing one big budget project and then like just close i actually want to have some sort of I actually want to help creatives. Like, actually and it's a lot more purpose-driven because I'm actually helping the industry. Now it's an industry-level play. Like, I don't want to just be serving clients and serving brands because it's, it's bigger than that, really. And and I feel like what the younger generation really need is mentorship. Yeah. And I think that I'm at this stage where I can actually help them through Cloud Creative or actually be a, a mentor myself and, and help them if they want to be, you know... If, Enter the creative workforce, especially in terms of uh, branding and advertising.
0: Yeah. What about you, Lena? Where do you see your purpose aligning with uh, Cult Creative?
3: Yeah. So I feel like um, Cult Creative's purpose has always been to empower um, and enable the creative in- individuals to sort of like fulfill or extend beyond their capabilities. You know, right now with digital, there's no, it's borderless. You can always scale your skills somehow, right? So, so that as Charmaine mentioned, they can earn a better income, have better lives, and grow their own networks, and you know, be more sustainable and be more empowered. You know, yeah. Um, in sense. So, creatives, I guess, in that um, in that regard, for a while they've been undervalued, and that was sort of um, also galvanized by the pandemic. Um, there was this whole discussion about the essential work and non-essential work because, um, you know, when people were leaving school, no one wanted to. Sort of work in a grocery store. This is sort of a separate conversation, but essential, you know. And then people saw the value, and okay, we definitely need people to be like stocking shelves to survive a pandemic. We need like you know people, the garbage men. Okay, you know, we need we need sort of services, right? They're essential, but with creativity, um, you know, the graphic designers were the first to be laid off because they're just they weren't viewed in that way as essential, even though they're essential to any business when it comes to marketing and branding, and you know, it sort of like cuts across. All, all sorts of things, right? So yeah, I'm for me, I guess since Clio, um, I have been passionate about creatives and their work and in getting people to see the value of a creative's work.
0: Yeah. What about you, Manisha? What excites you about this project?
2: Um, I think with Cult Creative, I'm, I'm really excited because um, it's about, for me, it's about Artistry, business and tech, you know, yeah. at scale. So what I've done before, I can now, you know, play my part in doing this for way more people. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I think with an agency, you're, you, you are strapped to, you know, servicing whether it's artists or brands or clients, you know, you can only do it for a number of people, but building this platform, we can do this for way more people. And for me, it's always been about positive. Positively impacting lives and livelihoods. Mm-hmm. And I think like creative is definitely doing that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one issue that you highlighted just earlier, Lena, was that there is this sort of perceived lack of value in creative work. And, um, during the, during the pandemic, that's only been uh, exacerbated. And when businesses were struggling, they obviously tightened purse strings on anything deemed non-essential which might have included creative projects so how how do you think creatives can become more resilient to these kinds of shocks?
3: I think creatives are already inherently resilient and agile Um, we had a panel where we curated um, creatives from different backgrounds so they weren't necessarily you know creative artists uh, or illustrators or painters. So these are creatives who were in advocacy and she was using her creativity to, you know, do advocacy work and, you know, um, pass through a bill uh, under under Undi 18, you know, this. And it was because of how they engage on social media. This is, and she mentioned um, something like how a hashtag um, that's been created at like a high level, let's say high level sort of hashtag, hashtags, the, you know, Chuchuk my AZ sort of things. Those are all, Creatives work; those were done by copywriters. So, and don't think that just because it's something creative, there's no value in it. We, I mean, on the same panel, we had someone from a law background, but she she wrote a a TV script. Like creativity comes from anyone and everyone, and they're going to be inherently resilient.
0: Yeah, we've also been talking a little bit about how much digitization is affecting all of industries, but also the creative industry so what are some of the key skills that you think creatives should be thinking about adding to their bow of strings and and what are some of the the skills that you're promoting and some of the workshops that you're promoting on on cult creative
1: i think it's not just about skills but actually adapting
0: a mindset
1: shift right it's about having a growth mindset to always want to you know Uh, be a bit more adaptable and also have a a more collaborative mindset and be open to opportunities. And I also think that creatives need to be a little bit more, um, wait, I'll probably add is having a little bit more business mindedness because a lot of people want to be freelancers, right? But you can't just be skilled at graphic design. Now you need to learn how to invoice. You need to learn how to negotiate with your client do a bit of personal branding. So having a little bit of business entrepreneurial skills are important, especially now. Everybody has a laptop. Everybody has a phone. You know, content is easily made and and it's easy to brand yourself now.
3: I'd love to add on to that because I was thinking, uh, uh, Shermay mentioned um, business skills. I think professionalism is so important uh, for a creative also to, you know, um, it's just simple things like showing up, showing up. Um, the invoicing thing like, because um, when you plan an event you want the creative to, to be professional with you and send you things on time and then so you know that oh okay I can rely on this person to um, provide the service and their skills so I think the, that sort of um, yeah professional skills uh, are great also um, negotiating is a, is a great place to start too and also knowing their worth I guess those things will springboard from being very profe- professional and, and they can when they know their worth they know how to negotiate they know what they can bring to the table and what they can offer and they have that that way they can you know perform better and work better and have you know more jobs and be more sustainable that way yeah.
1: I think I want to add to one more point I think creativity is not just measured by skills but also the the impact the purpose and the value you're trying to create for your is is it your end user your community so it's a lot how do you stand out now it's not by your skill sets because everybody is so talented right now but Uh, Are you advocating something, you know, uh, purposeful? Are you helping a community that is um, marginalized? So you have to think about the impact that you're trying to create and the value that you're trying to put out as well.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, if you want to differentiate yourself in a, in a sky full of stars, because there's so many very creative people, then it has to be about, it has to be about impact or it has to be about purpose. I think that also helps you stay the course, you know? Um so it's been said, you know, in this age of social media, that every business, and I think this applies to creatives as well, who have to self-brand themselves a lot, every business needs to be a media business. But I also think that increasingly every business needs to also be a digital business or digital first. And you guys have combined your existing expertise in, in media, publishing, marketing, but none of you had tech backgrounds. So, how did you figure out where to start in building a digital community and an app to network with this community?
3: So it was, it was a need that we saw. It wasn't just a need that we saw ourselves, but it was also something that, you know, the market, um, really wanted to. So I guess in that way we did leverage in our different sort of networks and capabilities and our our strengths. Right. And, um, Yes, you're right to say that we don't have tech backgrounds, but Manisha does have a little bit. She has experience um, in a tech company from the past. We also have, um, we also enlisted uh, someone uh, as head of product, and so he came in to to help us uh, build the app. Charmaine, do you want to just come in here as well? so I think when
1: we started off, there was no platform or app that was serving the creative community, so I, I just decided to Go on. I was very free, right? COVID, I had no events and I was also uh, at home a lot. So I decided to learn how to uh, build a web app just using spreadsheet because I understand the problems and what needed, what was needed. I didn't need that design knowledge yet. I just needed the data so I could actually build a web app through Glide, this, this little platform called Glide. And when we, we garnered all the, the feedback from the community and realized that, hey, this is something people actually need. And after we launched the platform, uh, we decided to find the funding uh, to support, to to fund the app. And that's when uh, Manisha found our current tech partners to to build the actual app. So I think what was important was we created a very basic uh, MVP, we call it, that was the web app, to show that actually people needed it first. Uh, and then we only uh, enlisted a tech uh, partner to help build the actual
0: app. And Manisha, how did you go about doing that? How did you find this tech partner and also find the investment to fund it
2: okay so like uh we we had to validate you know with our mvp so before we put the investment into building building uh the app so we all agreed so um like across the board that it had to be mobile first uh, like it had to be an app but we had to start with something. The major, the major pain points, and you know the major key features. So we had to look for for definitely a, a partner that that could could um, you know execute this with what what we had in mind. So we actually talked to a few people. We talked to a few people before we decided um, um, you know on going ahead, and I think. What helped with my previous experience, so I worked in an e-commerce company for nearly four years in Groupon, but it was web-based and we I could use some of those experiences to kind of like um, build what we have currently, but also it's a steep learning curve when it comes to, to our current product, the, the beta app, You know, where we have different kind of backends and um, learning I think it's we're all learning more about definitely the user experience. So whatever we're 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 collecting, you know, whatever we're doing, the experiences, um, the feedback after every experience, there's like feedback forms. There's a lot of feedback going around, you know, users for employers uh, using using it. We we funnel it to to also our tech team, you know. So so that helps with prioritizing as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's amazing that you've also rolled out this app so quickly because. I mean, my experience of new technology products, and I would be very interested to hear how you found this, is that they always take longer, they always cost more, and there are always more problems than what you could have imagined before you started.
2: Yeah, I'm just going to add a little bit on that. There's there's always going to be things you can fix. There's always going to be new things you need to do, but... So it's it's building. It's a, it's going to be a marathon. So it's 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 looking for long term. But then you got to, what can you do in, in the short term as well? And you don't build for for maybe like five years or ten years because technology is going to change. What people want is going to change. So you that's why it's, things always change so fast. So if you mm-hmm. have that mindset and be open to to creating in that with that mindset, then it's 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 always going to be an ongoing effort. So we're just prioritizing what we need for now you know and and what we can work on um, definitely for 2022 and then and then tweak as we go along.
1: I think to add on is that um, we always have this mindset of always staying in beta because when you're in beta you always you want to be relevant, right You want to be always fixing. you're never at your end product. So it's the same thing about mindsets, right? You have to make sure that you're constantly learning, you're constantly trying to be better so we, we we agree to have this mindset to always just embed beta, even though we've already you know we're, we love the product, but it can it can always be better you know always listen to more feedback and also keep building something that you know that works for people so having that mindset of always being in beta is important for us
0: yeah I think um this intersection between design or creativity and technology is really exciting and I certainly see over the past two years that COVID has accelerated uh, interest and also engagement in creating products that utilize both really, really well. Are you seeing any interesting businesses or creative projects at the moment happening, maybe through your members, that intersect design and technology in a really beautiful way? No product comes to mind at
2: currently, but I think a community comes to mind, like interesting communities. And one is the Malaysia NFT community. Amazing. Like we we featured, we had a panel discussion on to See how the, a lot of them are actually like illustrators, graphic designers, you know, and they've uh, gone into this space. They've done really interesting things. So I think combining design, technology, community, you know, um, shout out to the Malaysian NFT community. I think they're doing some exciting things and they're creating platforms too there's a lot of new platforms uh in that sector you know to mint your mint your NH- nfts and have um creators part of that so so that's an exciting one um you know i i if i wasn't working on this i think I'll <laughs> probably be like, how do i make my own nft <laughs>
0: Have any of you guys purchased any NFTs? Not yeah,
2: not yet, not yet. But I, I, I'm i seeing so many uh, exciting times. Maybe we, we could, you know, touch base again in a couple of months. Yeah. <laughs> we all have our own
0: NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> what is some of the best advice that you've received?
1: I think for me, life advice, uh, because I've just uh, become a mother of three under three.
0: Three under three, my goodness. Congratulations! And you've also set up a business, and you've got it funded within the first eighteen months. My God, you're part of the five AM no. club.
1: I'm. Not, I'm not. I, I. I don't even know what time I wake up, but I wake up to pump. But I learned from Asha Gill actually, and I. I feel like I. I learned, Um, I use it for the business and, and work as well as embrace the mess, embrace um feelings and embrace uh, rejection and just embrace failures, and just um feel it and kind of just go through it, and then pick yourself up, and, and it's not meant for you, it's not meant for you, but it's okay, it'll be fixed, so I think for me, it's embracing the mess, and embracing feelings, and um, and um also being grateful, being grateful of this journey, and I think what Manisha and Lina really teach me, because I've always been quite type A, I've always been about that big picture, and hitting big goals, and then only feeling uh, recognize or validated, but with Manisha and Lena, they always remind me, like, "Hey, celebrate uh, weekly, daily wins. You know, uh, smell the roses along the way." So that's that's my um, learning.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, celebrate small wins for sure. Um, yeah, what about you, Lena?
3: Yeah, so on that, I think um, a lot of the time, a lot of us try to um, plan um but sometimes life doesn't go according to plan uh you can't always plan everything so we have to sort of embrace uh I guess like men, uh mentioned embrace the you know the muck that is human life so mm-hmm. um I was working under my mentor previously in publishing and you know when because we're trying to hit deadlines and you know things go wrong and we're not hitting deadlines and you know, she's just said, you know, life life is just organic and um, you can't plan everything. Sometimes when things don't work out, you just have to realize that your your journey, if that's not your journey, you have to accept it.
0: It's not meant for you. I think Oprah talks about that. She says you have to want something, hope for it, and then let it go into the universe. And if it's for you, then it will come back. Um, but if it's not, then it's not. Um Yeah
3: doesn't hurt to manifest a little bit
0: i i agree like but i was talking to someone recently and she said yeah i'm all for manifestation but not dreaming like manifestation only works in her opinion if you have a goal what about you manisha what- elena
1: you, you asked, that i was 5am club right manisha is 5am club are you <laughs> oh.
2: i am <laughs> i'm uh, my family and i we we We've always got up early, I think. Um, I'm a morning person, so it's okay. Like, I think I I just tend to do it naturally, like maybe like 5, 7, 6 a.m. Then I, I think about three years ago, I really wanted to to have more time. And the, the time I could find was like really early in the morning because I am hopeless when it's too late at night. Like, I'm, I think I, I have a lot of energy and I use it up. A lot in the you know daytime for work, and so by the time I, it comes to night, night, I'm like, I'm pretty useless. So I decided to join the 5am club because I was looking for more time, and I wanted to use it on things that energized me. So I think a big lesson that I learned um, uh, from. A HR director uh, Anisha, Anisha Sajinder. So her piece of advice to me at that time, doing this performance review, like Anisha, you're fantastic. Everything's great. Uh, if there's one constructive um, feedback that I would like to give to you, is like, like take note of the the your energy and your power to influence, because you're such a you know you, you have great energy, and then when you're really happy and excited about something, it shows. But you're also when you, when you are really sad or upset about something, that also shows. And you might, you might influence others to sway to your direction. That was good advice.
0: That is good advice. Yes, personal energy is really important. Now, I'm not sure if you guys noticed this, but you all gave me advice that was passed on to you by women. And in particular, women who you knew or connected with professionally. And now here you are three female founders setting up a platform that, among other things, empowers the next generation of creatives. So then what's next for Cult Creative?
1: What's next for Cult Creative is we definitely feel like it should be a regional play. We envision, Mm -hmm. you know, not just about supporting Malaysian talent, but, you know, supporting Malaysian talent in a global market, you know, and envisioning. Co uh, Creative to be a platform to accelerate career growth and also making sure that they get opportunities not only in Malaysia but regionally. So we, yep. we want to have our talent working in Bali but maybe for a Singapore company. Like that's where we envision it to be.
0: What about other talent from around the region? So non-Malaysian talent, uh, Indonesian talent for example or talent based in Hong Kong?
1: Yep, for us right now, we're definitely focused more in ASEAN regions first.
0: Uh, some similar to our culture,
1: you know, so we need to identify uh, markets that have the same pain points, but definitely within ASEAN first.
0: And then personally, what is a big goal that you have? What is a big impact that you want to make with cult creative?
1: I think if people see creativity as important as grocery, that's when we feel like we've hit our purpose, and that creativity is not just about designers being uh you know good at their their hands, but it's a lot about problem solving skills, a lot about emotional intelligence. You know, it's creativity itself. It needs to be a muscle, and I think that will be my purpose if people understand that that as creativity.
2: Um, when I worked in a lot in artist management, like there was a big mindset that we had to change too. Because like, for example, people weren't um, listening to local music that much, you know, especially like local English music, for example. But now, just in a few years, like there's people, people thanks to Spotify, thanks to all these digital platforms, users themselves, like, like um, um, listeners, the young people want to listen to this, this type of music. And that's when radio started like really like playing and highlighting it more. And that's thanks to technology. So if our platform can change the mindset of having creators from non-essential to being essential, oh, that's going to be a, a wonderful celebrity moment for,
3: for, for us, But right? No, that's so great. You, you actually just, um, you know, helped me segue into my point uh, about value and stuff. I mean, we notice a lot of the time when it comes to most platforms, it's, um, it's, it's very marketplace. It's very... Um, it's very driven on like um, undercutting or getting the cheapest sort of service available to, to the consumer. But um, I guess with our sort of purpose and our product, um, hopefully it's, it's the other way around. It's empowering the creative to be able to um, charge more, uh, live better, better lives and not, you know, it's not a, it's not a five USD sort of job um, marketplace that we, you know, we're trying to avoid. Um, same goes with our local talent you know, our local creatives, it's, it has to be, it's going to be big and we're going to, we hope to make it big.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I'm really excited about what the future has in store for cult creative. Um, I, um, have downloaded your app. I'm becoming a member. <laughs> um, and I'm looking forward to, to joining the conversation. So thank you all of you for your time and, um, And wow, congratulations on what must have been one serious ride over the last 18 months.
3: Thank you so much. I guess, yeah, we, we couldn't do it without support from people, just like you, you know, just reaching out and, you know, having this conversation with us and getting the word out. So thank you so much for giving us this platform to share our story. Thank you, Lena. Thank you.
0: So if you are not already Googling Cult Creative or searching for the app in your app store, do it now. The app is currently only available to Malaysian-based creative, but if you live in the ASEAN region, watch this space. I've also linked to the app and Cult Creative's platform in the show notes. Please subscribe, follow, and send me your comments, and you'll hear from me again next week. Bye!